When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we're doing 2022 Jets offseason roundtables. Got a very special guest, a first-timer. He's a professional baseball player in the Kansas City Royals organization, an 11th round pick out of Old Dominion in 2019, just finished up his year in AA, and I have a feeling that very bright things are in his future. Looking forward to seeing him play first base in the majors. I just hope that when he makes it to the majors, he remembers me and invites me to go see one of his games or something. Vinny Pasquantino. Vinny, thanks so much for coming on the show, brother. Scott, thank you. Uh, I won't be able to forget you because I've been listening to the show for too long. So there's just <laughs> simply no way that could happen. And, you know, to the fans, I'm no Caleb Pace or the very big deal. Chris <laughs> but, but I think as a very intense Jets fan and casual football fan, I'll be able to just, you know, be able to talk about some things uh, having to do with the Jets. But also, as a professional athlete, you'll have a very interesting perspective in a way that a lot of other people wouldn't. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about a variety of different topics, including the Jets head coach Robert Sala and his staff. This was the first year under Robert Sala. Mike LaFleur, Jeff Ulbrich both had varying degrees of success. I think it was funny because... It appears that they both went in different directions. Ulbrich started off hot, and then the defense really got ugly as the year wore on, whereas LaFleur, a lot of people were upset with him early, and then by the time the year was over, he'd really picked up some steam, and now fans are excited about him going into year two. Where do you fall on these guys? What do you think of the coaching staff so far? Well, if I'm going to start at the top, I'll start with Coach Sala. He just seems like a guy you'd want to run through a brick wall for. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. he's just one of those guys that when you're in a locker room, he seems like obviously we're not in the locker room, but he just seems like he's a good speaker. He knows what he's talking about and he'll be able to rally the guys, which is super important, especially in in such a team sport like football where everybody needs to be on the same page. I mean, we can look at some of the games that happened this past weekend in the divisional round with guys not being on the same page and how important it was and how other teams took advantage of that. And then like you were talking about when you talk about the offense, It started a little bit rough, and then as the year went on, it's like, wow, the Jets are throwing the ball a little bit more. There's a little bit more (laughs) guys in motion pre-snap. 
things that we haven't seen and I don't know how long, maybe ever for the Jets, and we're watching it happen. We see it happen with other teams all the time, but it never happened with us. And then it finally started working. You have Zach Wilson just running, what was that, 65-yarder? for? <laughs> that was unbelievable, doing things like that. And then, I mean, with the defense, I think they started hot, and then, you know, it's football. Injuries happen, different things happen, fatigue happens. So – it's year one, so I, I'm hopeful for year two. There was nothing that turned me super away from the coaching staff. So from year one, I like what I saw. Vinny, since you talked about how Robert Sala seems like a guy that you want to run through a wall for, tell me a little bit about how important that is in a high-level locker room because obviously you've been in quite a few of them, playing minor league baseball, playing high-level college baseball. How important is that quality in the leader of the team? I would say it's step one into building a championship caliber caliber team roster, whatever you want to say. And that's the guy who's going to the press conference all the time, dealing with the media and speaking on behalf of the team. So if that's somebody you can trust and you, you know, you want to play for and you're able to build a relationship with, it's, it's unbelievably important because that's the guy you're going to bat for every day. And if he's able to rally the team, then the team will be able to rally around each other and be able to play better, you know, better football. How about Joe Douglas? This wasn't his first year like Robert Sala, but he's still relatively new to the job, getting his footing. We knew this was going to be a rebuilding effort, and it was going to take a couple of years. So far, the results have been mixed. Some of the free agents have been good, some not as good. Some of the draft picks have been good, some not as good. Particularly, it looks like the 2021 class was very good. The 2020 class, not quite so good. Tell me about where you're at right now with Joe Douglas. So far, I feel pretty good about him because he's he's been patient enough to not we you know if we're going to talk about cap space probably in a little bit, but he hasn't blown through that money, which is which is nice to see because I don't know if you look at the roster from the past two years and say it's a championship caliber roster. So you look at that and you could easily go out and overpay for different guys. I've got a few guys in mind that I remember we went after a little bit and it was like, ooh, that might be a little bit much for for that specific guy. And I think I'm talking more defensive backs in this area that I can remember being just a little bit disappointed in. And he hasn't made any of those splashy, splashy signs yet, which I think is kind of nice. And it's nice to hear the two uh, between Sala and Douglas being very, very together on believing in building from the trenches out. And it's cool to see that they're actually doing that with, with Mackay Becton, with Vera Tucker, with those guys that they're building. I mean, you even had George Fant come in and have a really good year this year. And it's different things like that that I think that could eventually make this team successful. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Zach Wilson had his first year as a professional quarterback, number two overall at a BYU. And putting it mildly, it was a roller coaster ride. There were some unbelievable highs. The Tennessee Titans game comes to mind the end of the season, he started to take better care of the ball. There weren't as many turnovers. But in between, there were a lot of shaky moments. That game against the Patriots specifically sticks out as one of the scariest ones. Just turning the ball over left and right. Four interceptions in ten pass attempts. So let's talk a little bit about Wilson's rookie season. What do you think overall? And do you think that there should be a high level of confidence in him with Jets fans and within the organization as of right now? Or is there a lot more you need to see before you're ready to sign off? I think there's a little bit more that we need to see. But what I think is good about Zach, which he's two years younger than me, which just sounds 
insane to me to even think <laughs> about that he's two years younger than me and he's an NFL quarterback in the New York media dealing with, you know, the circus up there for good, for better or for worse. But he, he seemed to deal with it. Okay. There was never any, there was never any memorable press conference moments that I can remember. And I think that's a really good step to being a franchise quarterback in, in New York, really anywhere, but especially New York. So I think the off the field stuff is really important. And then on the field, he grew as the year went on, he got better. And I think that's all you can really ask, especially from a rookie quarterback. I mean, you look at the rookie quarterbacks and only one made it to the playoffs. It was Mac Jones and he was led by his defense. Mark Sanchez did the same thing. Mac Jones did, right? I'm not saying Mac Jones is Mark Sanchez, but I'm saying that there is a, you know, there is a precedent for a rookie quarterback with a good run game and a good defense going to the playoffs. And I don't know if you could say that Zach had a great run game at the beginning of the season and you definitely can't say he had a great defense. So, and what we're learning about the AFC especially is that, that you're going to need a guy who can really throw the football around to really compete in the, in this conference. So he can do that. We know he can throw the ball around. Now, if we can see in year two, if he makes a step with accuracy and decision-making, I mean, you go back and you look at that fourth and two, and I don't really care what the communications are um, between coach and player. A player should probably know to not QB sneak when you're two yards away from the <laughs> first down. So you look at things like that and it's just maybe in year two, he takes those next steps to mature a little bit and he becomes even better. And then you just keep building off of that. And I think it, obviously he could do a better job, but I think if you surround him with some better talent as well, it makes his job, his life a little bit easier. And then he can really mature as a quarterback. Vinny, one thing that you heard from everybody that you talked to about Zach Wilson leading up to the draft is that he's meticulous in his preparation. He puts in all kinds of time studying film, looking at tendencies. In fact, Mason Wake, his teammate at BYU, the fullback, said on the show that one time Zach texted him before a game, a couple days before a game, and said he was watching the film and noticed something that the guy that Mason was going to be blocking likes to do, and so Mason should watch out. Out for that tendency and he said I'm not used to that because who's watching tape to prepare for a game for himself as a quarterback and see so much that he actually sees something that would be useful to me as a fullback as a blocker and that was something that put my mind at ease heading into the draft knowing that the Jets were almost certainly going to pick Wilson thinking that that level of preparation is so important in determining future success. And I wanted to ask you this as somebody who's a high-level athlete. I know baseball and football are different, but how important do you think it is that a guy puts in that level of preparation when he's at the NFL level? Or in your case, minor league level, MLB, whatever it is, if you're a professional, how much of a determinant of future success do you think that is, even beyond physical ability? I think it's what separates um, good and great because you can be – everybody in the NFL is talented. Even even the players people would consider to be bad are unbelievably talented. And, you know, some of the best players are really, ta- are really talented and don't do that extra work. But, you know, you want to bring up a guy like Brady, we know he's doing the, that extra work all the time, and he's also really talented. So I think – I don't put as much stock into kind of the film study aspect because I think that that is, that's a requirement. I don't think it's a, (laughs) I don't think it's like an extra, an extra feather in the cap because I think it's something that if you want to be that elite level athlete, that's something you have to do anyway. So I think he's on the right track with that. 
but I wouldn't say that it's, it's something that surprises me because I think it's something that <laughs> there's only two or 32 NFL quarterbacks, right? So you would think that 32 guys would be willing to put in that extra work. So I think that's, that's a requirement for me of my quarterback, not that I make any decisions in terms of football, but I need my quarterback to be doing that extra work because I need, I need that extra work to help pay off on Sunday afternoon. Um, that's what I need for the physical attributes to take over is being mentally strong and being able to use those physical attributes to your advantage. Vinny, let's talk internal free agency. The Jets have a couple of guys that they're going to have to make a decision on. Marcus May, it sounds like they're probably going to move on, but who knows if he's willing to come back on a one-year deal for not that much money. Maybe he sticks around. It's funny because a year ago, Jets fans really wanted the team to invest and keep Marcus May here for the long haul. I'm not sure that that's the prevailing wisdom anymore among Jets fans. You've got Foley Fadakasi, one of the better run stuffers in the league. The Jets do have a lot jam at defensive line though so do they want to invest there Morgan Moses really saved the day this year at right tackle but you've got George Fant who played really well at left tackle and Makai Becton who's going to be coming back you don't know who's going to play where is Fant going to stay at left tackle and Becton shifts to right tackle but is Morgan Moses the odd man out would you want to try and keep him as an insurance policy Braxton Berrios is a guy who has become very popular among Jets fans. He's a free agent. It appears that it's a pretty high priority for the Jets in terms of internal free agents to try and keep him. He really carved out a role for himself as a gadget player on offense and as a really good special teamer, all-pro kick returner. You've got Keelan Cole and Jamison Crowder, both veteran receivers who have their contracts expiring. Crowder was here for three years. Cole, maybe one and done. What do you think about these guys? Who would you be looking to keep, and who would you say goodbye to? Yeah, so first off, I'm biased towards George Fant because we share an academic advisor. He <laughs> went to Western Kentucky, and I went to Old Dominion, and his academic advisor went to Old Dominion after he had left, and she was mine. So I have a, I'm absolutely biased towards him. <laughs> So, so I, I would choose to keep George fan around just personally because of that. I mean, you look at Barrios and you look at the season he had, and I think he's the obvious one that all Jets fans are going to want back because of how good he was. And you can never problem with the salary cap league is obviously you can never have enough good football players, but at a, there's a point where you can't sign every good football player that you want because there's a limit and everybody, you know, he's going to make sure he takes care of what he need, needs to take care of. And that completely makes sense to me. So I was one of those people last year that really wanted to lock up Marcus May. And you look at the season he had, you know, injuries and everything piling up on him and it's tough to be in that camp anymore. I really like him as a player and I hope, you know, selfishly, I hope that he comes back on a smaller deal. So then he's still on the team, but I would understand completely if he decides if he gets a better, you know, a better contract to go somewhere else. But Morgan Moses had a really good season, too, so it'd be nice to have him back for insurance, you know, insurance policy because it's been hard to trust Becton to really play. So it's just, you know, it's always good to have an extra guy there, but I do think that we'll eventually draft a, another tackle, so I don't know how important it is to have an insurance policy there when I do think we're going to draft one. But, yeah, I mean, those are the guys that I'm thinking about. I think – if I had to pick between Jamison Crowder and Keelan Cole, I'm going to pick Keelan Cole. And it's simply because of watching YouTube videos of the Jets training camp and seeing how much <laughs> of a leader Keelan Cole is in the locker room and seeing how vocal he is. And I think that's really important to younger receivers, especially, you know, 
Elijah Moore, it's good to have that guy that you can look up to. So I think he's really important in the locker room just from what I've seen. I haven't read anything about him or anything like that. That's just what I've seen. So I think that's always a good personality to have around in a locker room. So those would be the guys that, you know, I would be looking at. Since you brought Makai Becton as a high-level athlete yourself, I'm sure you've had your fair share of injuries and you've been around plenty of guys who have dealt with major injuries. How worried are you about Makai Becton right now? So I'm also biased towards Makai Becton because we're from the same area and he went to a high school right down the road from me. (laughs) So... So it's hard for me to speak on guys that I know, but it is a little bit worrying through two years, not getting through that many games, but I, he's, he's a high level athlete and he's going to figure out what makes his body work. He's a bigger guy, right? So he, he needs to figure out how to make that work. And he went to Louisville. Louisville's a really good program, but it's not one of the top tier programs in college football. So, you know, he comes to the Jets as a top pick. People are expecting a lot out of him, as they should. He went 11th overall. People are expecting a lot from him. It was probably a lot of pressure he'd never felt before. And he's trying to make sure he's on the field every day. And it's just not working for him so far. So I would imagine this is a big offseason for him with the Jets training staff or whoever he uses in the offseason to make sure he's ready to go. Because while as fans, we're really upset with him for not being on the field, for him, it's probably even worse because he wants to be on the field just as bad as we want him on the field. So hopefully, hopefully he's able to get that together this offseason and you know look forward to a good 2022 from him. External free agency. The Jets were 4-13, and so we know they have a lot of holes to fill. You don't have a record like that if you have a really strong roster with no holes to fill. They could use help on the offensive line. Receiver, they need a tight end pretty badly. They could use another running back, linebacker, edge rusher, cornerback, safety. You get the idea here. They have a ton of needs. Are there any positions specifically that you would be looking to fill in free agency before the draft? And are there any players that you like? I think what makes it tough about, like you were saying, going 4-13 this year is you're going to have to overpay for guys to come to the team, as we've seen in the past, because why wouldn't you want to go to the Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, whoever it may be, if you're especially a veteran free agent who wants to go win now. So, I mean, obviously I want to build up the offensive line and you look at Washington and Brandon Scherf. So you look at a guy like that who could come fill that right guard spot or left guard, wherever you want to put them or definitely right guard because Farrah Tucker's on the other side. But, I mean, that's somebody who could really fill up, fill out that offensive line and really help out, especially if you want to draft the center um, from Iowa. Then, I mean, now you're really talking with an offensive line, but I don't know how realistic it is to get both of those guys. And this is going to be a wild thing to say, but as I was – I told you before we went uh, on recording – that I did some research today. I think an absolutely wild pickup that the Jets might, they're probably not going to do, but Cordero Patterson from the Falcons, mm-hmm. because he's that gadget style player that can play anywhere. He's a person, I mean, you look at Debo Samuel from the 49ers right now, and they're similar players because they play all over the place. Debo's probably a little bit more electric and he's younger and faster and everything, but it's a similar style of play where you can go play anywhere and that puts defenses on their heels at all times. And that's something that every offense can use. And then, like you said, tight end is such a need right now. I mean, they need to basically rebuild that entire position. So hopefully you can get a few guys in there and, and two or three of them stick out and end up being, you know, hopefully difference makers for the team, because it's always a nice safety net, especially for a young quarterback to have. Patterson's an interesting name, and you're actually the first person to bring him up, but I think it's a fascinating possibility. 
Like you said, I'm not sure they're going to go after him, but I do think that it would be very interesting if they did because he can play so many different roles. You might be able to get a guy like that in the draft too. Wandale Robinson, the wide receiver, is somebody that's getting a lot of buzz right now as that type of guy. He could go maybe in rounds two or three. And so when you look at the draft and you look at the possibility of getting playmakers at a lot of the positions we just talked about, including wide receiver, I wanted to ask what you think there. Are there any positions that you think the Jets are absolutely going to have to fill in the draft rather than free agency? Any players that you like so far? And as somebody who went through the draft process, I was curious what you think about the fact that the Jets are getting this extra look at so many of these prospects at the Senior Bowl, getting time with them, having the coaching staff get to know them and really pick up on some of their tendencies. How much of an advantage do you think that's going to give the Jets heading into the draft? Yeah, it's a, it's a massive advantage because um, in baseball, typically what teams will do is they'll host draft workouts at their home stadium. And it's, it's a very similar thing. Like it's not a game against anybody else. But for instance, I went up to Philadelphia and I was at Citizens Bank and worked out in front of the Phillies' entire staff. So it's just one of those things where you, you get to meet people before. So in baseball, you don't have to enter the draft or anything. I mean, everybody is eligible technically. I mean, there's different rules to be eligible, but it's not like football where you have to actually declare for the draft. So, And there's so many more people, but you're still meeting staff, um, which is super important. So the fact that the Jets are coaching for the Senior Bowl is really important. And I bet – you know, you know this, but a lot of guys who are on those rosters will be picked up by the Jets, it feels like, because they're going to build a relationship and it's really good for the staff and for the players. But in terms of now, I, I will say I'm a sucker for size. There's nothing to me like a massive wide receiver. So that's going to lead me into Traylon Burks or mm-hmm. Drake London at that 10 spot just because they're huge. But I also don't think that the LaFleur offense really needs a really tall physical wide receiver. I think it's more looking at route running and a little bit more speed because it's a lot of play action and it's a lot of pre-motion. So I don't necessarily think a massive wide receiver is what fits perfectly, but I think that guys like that can fit anywhere, especially Burks because he's got a little bit more speed. But I, I find it interesting being at the four spot because Kyle Hamilton will most likely be there. And if he's not there, then one of the edge guys will probably be there. And I think it's a no-brainer to take Hutchinson or or is it Thibodeau? Is that how you say his yep. last name? Yep, yep, Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau. So, I mean, if those two there, you, you take whoever's there. But I, I'm curious to see if a team in that 10 to 20 range gets quarterback hungry because they get scared and another team's going to want to trade up. And I know it's not a massive quarterback market in the draft this year, but I'm curious to see – what the value of that four pick could land the Jets later in the draft because we've seen Douglas is not scared to make draft night moves. So I'm interested to see what happens there. If a guy they fall in love with gets taken one, two, or three, and they decide to move back a little bit, that's probably what I'm looking at them to do just because I don't think they're going to take a safety at four, even though he plays all over the place. I just don't think that's what they're going to do right now, but I'm really interested to see what happens. Vinny, last question. I wanted you to tell the story about how you became a Jets fan because we were talking before you started recording and you told me you were from Buffalo. So I'm thinking, why isn't he a Bills fan? Maybe he's got a family member that's from the New York City area. And then you told me that you have family members that root for all these different teams and the family lives in Virginia. So then I got really confused. And then you told me a story that I thought was really funny. So go ahead and tell that story because I think people will get a kick out of it. 
Yeah, so first, I guess I kind of lied to you. My family's from Niagara Falls, but basically Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So sorry to my family for saying to you that I was from <laughs> Buffalo because it's Niagara Falls. So I just wanted to make that clear. But yeah, so I, like I was telling Scott earlier, my dad is a Dolphins fan. My mom's a Giants fan and my brother's a Falcons fan, all for different reasons. And I'm a Jets fan because when I was growing up, Vinny Testaverde was the quarterback of the New York Jets. And I had never met anybody with my name before. So I thought it was unbelievable that the quarterback for the Jets had my name, even though it's spelled differently than my name, but it's still my name. So from that moment on, I just became a massive Jets fan because of Vinny Testaverde. As good a reason as any. Unfortunately for you, there's been a lot of pain since you've become a Jets fan. The pain's going to pay off one day. It's going to absolutely pay off. And, you know, I'm lucky because my employer shares a parking lot with the Kansas City Chiefs. So so um, I have a decent reason to not hate the Chiefs and to like them a little bit. So that's been a little bit better. It's probably eased the pain just a little bit. (laughs) At least you get to watch some good football in Kansas City. But listen, hopefully that pain starts to get eased and the Jets become a better football team based on what they've done since Joe Douglas and Robert Sala have taken the reins. And going forward, we'll see with the draft and free agency, there's going to be a lot on the line here. But Vinny, I'm really glad that you were able to take some time and come on the show and talk about your thoughts on what the Jets did in 2021, your thoughts on them going forward, and then, of course, what they're going to do in free agency and in the draft. Vinny Pasquantino was a first baseman in the Kansas City Royals organization, just finished up in AA. I think there's going to be big things in your future, Vinny. And like I said, I can't wait to eventually get the opportunity to watch you play in the majors. I have full faith and confidence that you're going to get there. Talk to people about how they can interact with you on social media and then maybe how they can follow your career and even possibly watch you. First of all, thank you, Scott. It was an honor to be on the program. Um, My Twitter is VPasquantino, and I basically only tweet about football. So my <laughs> timeline gets a little drier during the uh, during the baseball season because I typically stay away from tweeting about baseball. <laughs> um, I had an absolute meltdown when I thought the Bucks were going to beat the Rams and I was going to watch Tom Brady walk and do another another championship game. But I was happy to see that the Rams ended up pulling that out. But yeah, so you can interact with me there on Twitter. My Instagram is just Pasquantino, my last name, and I'm there all the time, pretty much. I mean. I'm a digital person, so I'm always, you know, I'm always on my phone as we all are. But I don't really know where you can follow me baseball wise. Just Google, I guess. Um, I don't know where they put all that info. I just, <laughs> I just play. I don't worry about where all the stuff goes. So, um, but yeah. So again, thanks, Scott, for having me on the program. It was an honor to be on it. Absolutely. My pleasure. And I hope you'll come back again soon. And like I said, I have full faith and confidence that one day we're all going to be watching you play in the major leagues. Make sure that you follow Vinny on Twitter and on Instagram. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some fantastic videos up. We talked about the Jets needing a tight end. Trey McBride, the outstanding tight end from Colorado State, he's got a video up breaking him down. Also, Dalton Schultz, who is the biggest tight end free agent from the Dallas Cowboys, he's going to be available should the Jets break the bank for him. There's an all-22 review up. 
Also, Traylon Burks, who Vinny talked about before, the big-bodied wide receiver from Arkansas. We've got a review up there as well. So watch all the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Check out our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, mugs, hoodies, caps. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And... Make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. 